Welcome to the Verse by Verse podcast, a ministry of the Friendship Congregational Bible Church. I'm Richard Church, the teacher on Verse by Verse, and I'm glad you've joined with us today as we study together God's infallible word, verse by verse. Turn in your Bible to the book of Acts. Uh, Verse 8 says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Really what you have here in these first few verses of the book of Acts is you have Luke's account here of what what people often refer to in in Matthew as the Great Commission, all right? And, you know, you you don't get a full view of that commissioning of these disciples unless you look at all of the accounts of it. Um, let's, let's go look at some of the other accounts. Go to Matthew 28, uh, verse 18. It says, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Most churches would put this as their commission that, that they believe that they are to carry out. Compare this with 1 Corinthians chapter 1. All right? If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. Now, I'm breaking a little bit into the, into the context here. But 1 Corinthians 1, verse 17, Paul says... For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Now, there, uh, Paul says that Christ sent him not to baptize. Uh, that word sent there is, you know, the, the, word, the word apostle in your Bible is really not an English word. It, it's a Greek word that was brought over into English. All right? And, and the Greek word is uh, apostello. Uh, the, the Greek word has that idea of sending. When somebody, when the Bible uses the word apostle, it means a sent one. And it would mean somebody who is commissioned. Right? So, so somebody sent out with some, some commission to go and do something. Could Peter based on what we see there in Matthew 28, could Peter or or James or John or any of them, could they make the statement that Paul makes in 1 Corinthians 1.17? Could they say that Christ did not send them, that Christ did not commission them to baptize? They couldn't make that statement. Clearly, in Matthew 28, he did send them to baptize. He specifically sends them to baptize. And yet the Apostle Paul can say, Christ didn't make me an apostle. He didn't, he didn't send me. He didn't commission me to baptize. All right? So, so whatever, you know, however you want to view the place of, of water baptism in Paul's ministry, 
you see he, he makes a statement there that Peter of the Twelve could not make. Peter and the Twelve clearly were sent to baptize. And, and you see them carrying out that ministry. Now, you see Paul baptizing also in the book of Acts. Uh, the indication seems to be that there came a point where he stopped doing that. But, but you see his statement there in 1 Corinthians 1.17 that that was never a part of what he was commissioned to do anyway. It was a part of what Peter and the Twelve were commissioned to do. Uh, if, you, if you go back to Matthew 28... Verse 20, it says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now, verse 20 even, you realize that there are some things that the Lord Jesus Christ commanded in his earthly ministry that would not be applicable in the dispensation of grace. And you see, this is where when people try and, and follow this commission, what they wind up doing, and, and when they try and, try and take everything that Christ taught in his earthly ministry and apply it in the dispensation of grace, it falls short because there are things that Christ taught in his earthly ministry that just don't apply. Um, when, when, and, and, you know, just things about sacrifices are the obvious examples. I mean, Christ gave instruction about how when you were going to bring a, a gift to the altar, which was a sacrifice... Uh, if, you know, if you had something against your brother, you were supposed to go and be reconciled with your brother before you came and brought something to the altar. Now, there may be, there may be a general principle you could apply there with regard to, you know, to giving or whatever, but realize when we take up an offering, we're not, we're not bringing a gift to the altar, right? I mean, that's an Old Testament, uh, ordinance of following the law. And Christ taught he was born of a woman, made under the law, right? Jesus Christ, in his entire earthly ministry, lived under that law and, and, you know, lived with those sacrifices and things and commanded those things. And so what happens is when people claim that we need to follow this, this commission here, they wind up not doing it anyway. They, they wind up taking those kinds of things from Christ's earthly ministry and, and you know, granted, all Scripture is given for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. There are principles that you can take from all of Scripture and, and uh, apply, but people trying to follow this commission wind up ignoring the actual details of what Christ actually taught because they can see clearly it doesn't, it doesn't fit with things later that are, are revealed in God's Word. All right, but, but that, that account there in Matthew, the reason people use that and claim that as their commission is that uh, it has the least controversial things. Let's look at Mark's account. Mark includes some things that uh, the other gospel accounts don't include with regard to this commission. And in Mark, the... The, the strategy has been, the strategy to try and explain away the verses in Mark has been to try and get rid of the verses altogether. Uh, if you look at many Bibles, including my Schofield reference Bible that I have here, uh, it, it will say, uh, Schofield's note there says, the passage from verse 9, I, I mean Mark chapter 16 uh, he says, the passage from verse 9 to the end is not found in the two most ancient manuscripts, the Sinaitic and Vatican, 
and others have it with partial omissions and variations. Uh, He does add, he does say, but it is quoted by Irenaeus and Hippolytus in the second or third century. Um, You know, Schofield was defending those verses there, but, but even in defending them, he raises doubt about whether they belong there. Many Bibles will tell you right out, they'll, they'll say those verses don't belong there from, from uh, verse 9 down to the end of the, of the uh, chapter. And that's very convenient for people who don't want to understand what Christ actually commissioned his disciples to do there before his ascension. Uh, people like the Matthew Commission, but the Mark Commission has some things that make people uncomfortable. Right, so Mark, if you look at Mark 16, verse 15, he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. All right, well, so far, so good, right? Uh, Verse 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. So there you have the, the same baptism that you see in the Matthew Commission. But notice verse 17. It says, And these signs shall follow them that believe, In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now you see why people don't often claim the Mark Commission as their commission? Even though it's it's the same, realize all these things Christ said on the same occasion, he's commissioning the same people, it's all a part of the same commission, but they'll pick out the Matthew one, and ignore the Mark one. If you're going to follow that commission, you've got to do the thing. It says, these signs shall follow them that believe. If you're going to follow the Mark commission, if you're going to follow, you know, which again, I, you, you can't really separate it out and call it the Mark commission, but, but uh, if you're going to follow this commission that Christ gives before his ascension, then the sign that people have believed is that these things happen that they cast out devils, that they speak with tongues, that they take up serpents, that uh, they, can, they can drink any deadly thing and it shall not hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And what you could infer from that passage if, is if you're not seeing those signs, then you must not believe. And if you're not seeing those signs in somebody else, they must not believe. You see why people don't like those verses? Now, there are some churches around that that really are more consistent in, in believing that this commission applies to them that try and do these things, right? That, that handle serpents, that drink poison, drink, you know, drink battery acid and that kind of thing as a test of their faith. Every once in a while you'll hear in the news about somebody who gets, gets bit and, um, and, and even dies periodically, um, they're, they're more consistent, they're more honest with these passages than what the average Baptist church is in saying, we're going to follow this commission, but we're going to leave out those, you know, those verses there in Mark. All right? and, and even if they don't try and omit them from the Bible, they, they ignore them in their study of the Bible and treat it as if, you know, as if those verses don't apply or aren't, aren't a part of that same commission. Now, these things don't give any problem if you realize that that commission was something, you know, you know all these things that it mentions. When it talks about, when it talks about uh, they shall take up serpents, uh, 
you know, and the idea there is that those serpents will not will not uh, hurt them. Um, you know that when you go over into the the book of Revelation, for instance, it mentions some deadly serpents there that go out and, and hurt men, but the believers are protected from that, right? You have in, in that tribulation period, you have uh, all kinds of demonic activity that the believers also are protected from and, and have some authority over as far as casting out devils. Uh, the speaking in tongues, of course, we'll talk about that in detail uh, there when we get to the, the day of Pentecost there in Acts. But again, these things, as long as you're in, in those passages, you know, those portions of, of Scripture and those periods of time where that focuses on Israel and the kingdom being at hand, you see these things taking place as the signs of, of those who believe. All right, and so if you let the passage just you know stay in its right context and not try and take it and think that this is a commission for the body of Christ in the dispensation of grace, there's no problem. You don't have to start ripping pages out of your Bible like some people would like to do. You don't have to start ignoring verses. You can believe the verses mean exactly what they say to whom they say it. This is not the Lord Jesus Christ commissioning you and I to do these things. This is him commissioning those 12 with that ministry that would begin at Jerusalem, then go to Judea and, and Samaria, and would eventually get out to the, you know, the uttermost parts of the earth. This is not the, the dispensation of grace here in these passages. Um, so, so you see why I say you've got to, you know, you've got to take these things together. You've got to compare them together. Uh, we can, we can look at, go to, go to uh, Luke chapter twenty-four. The other, the other account really is just going to be, just going to be repetition of these things, but. Uh, Luke chapter 24, we'll see, we'll see, uh, again, repetition um, of, of several of the things we've seen in the other passages. But uh, Luke 24, start in, start in verse 44. And this would be, this would be not, he's not going to, he's not speaking these words as they're there on the mount from which he's going to ascend. Here in Luke, these are some things he speaks to them just before that. So this would be, you know, just, just really a few minutes or hours before some of these other uh, accounts that we're looking at. But it's still the same commission there. In verse 44, Luke 24, 44, it says, He said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. Notice, beginning at Jerusalem. That's the same idea over there in, in Acts 1, which is also written by Luke, right? And he says, And ye are witnesses of these things, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. 
And then if, if you keep reading, then he leads them out um, to, to uh, where he's going to ascend. All right. So, so when you put these things together, you get a you get a full picture of that commission. And really, you know, you you've got a choice. The choice is if you want to follow that commission, you got to follow all of those verses. And uh, otherwise, you got to uh, believe and understand that that commission is not the commission for the body of Christ in the dispensation of grace. All right. So there is a commission, by the way, though, for the the body of Christ, and you you find it. Uh, go to Second Corinthians, chapter five. Some have have called this the Grace Commission as a kind of a play on words with the term the Great Commission, but. Uh, here in 2 Corinthians 5, you see mention of a, of a commission or a, a ministry that's being committed, right? A commission is something that's committed to you. When you're, when you're commissioned to do something, the task is committed to you. And we find here, uh, here in 2 Corinthians 5, what the commission is of members of the body of Christ in the dispensation of grace. I mean, you already see that the Apostle Paul said that, that baptism was not a part of his commission. It was not a part of, of his apostleship. So you see just in that that there's a, a, a difference of commissions there. But Paul said that he was sent to preach the gospel. And here in 2 Corinthians 5, he talks about that ministry and that commission uh, that's committed to us to, to go out and, and preach what he calls the word of reconciliation. If you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, start in verse 14. It says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now, henceforth, know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God, for he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And, and chapter 6, verse 1, really is not a new thought there. It's continuing the, the same thought. And it says, We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. And you see there, he talks about the love of Christ, how one died for all, and, and all were dead, and he says that, that Christ did that, that they which live 
should not henceforth, from, not from here forward, live unto themselves, but to him which died for them and rose again. In verse, six, in verse 16, when he says, Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh? Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. That's a, that's a verse of scripture that, um, you know, there's a lot of confusion about. If you read various commentaries, you know, they'll, they'll give various opinions about what it means to know Christ after the flesh. And, and what does he mean when, we, when he says, yet, yet know we him no more? Um, realize that, that, you know, that earthly ministry of Christ, Christ, Christ was there in flesh, Right? And, and knowing Christ after the flesh uh, has to do with that, that earthly ministry. Um, here he says, even, even if you've known Christ after the flesh, he's saying essentially put, put that out of your mind, yet henceforth know we him no more, because there, there's something new going on. All right? Uh, now, now he also says there about not knowing any man after the flesh, uh, you know, realize that the, the flesh isn't the important thing anyway. Uh, there's these spiritual things that he's talking about here, and he talks about uh, that, that man, any man that's in Christ, is a new creature. That those old things are passed away, all things are become new. But it's really when you, when you get down into verses 18, 19, 20, that you see the commission that's given to the believer in the dispensation of grace. You see, he says in, in verse 18 that God has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and he says that he has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, to, to administer something, you know, a, a ministry means you've been given something that you're gonna, that you're gonna give out, really. I mean, ministry means service, but it's service in the way that, you know, when you're, when you're at a restaurant and the, the waiter serves you, right? He's administering that order and, and he's serving you in that way. And you see, there's something that's been given to believers, this, this reconciliation, this ministry of reconciliation has been given to believers. We've been commissioned by God as amb- ambassadors to take out that message of reconciliation, to, to take it out to the, the world around us. Um, you know, not to, not to handle serpents and speak in new tongues as, as, you know, the signs of belief or whatever, but rather to take that message of reconciliation out to the world. You see it says, to wit. Um, here it's, it's defining what the ministry of reconciliation is, and it's to wit or to, to witness, to make known that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, not, not charging their trespasses unto them because... Not just that God, you know, wrote off the the account, but because they were imputed to Christ, right? So in Christ, God was reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. 
Now, you won't find these things about reconciliation being, being revealed there as Christ commissions the twelve before his ascension. These are things you don't, you don't find revealed until later on. And you see, he's committed them to us, this word of reconciliation, and it says we're ambassadors. An ambassador is someone who, who goes to a, to a foreign country or a foreign land to represent the policies of, of his home government. And as, as uh, people who are a part who have been translated from the power of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son, we have a responsibility to represent the policies of heaven to the world in which we live, to be ambassadors for Christ. He says, as though God did beseech you by us. You know, when that, when that ambassador speaks with authority from his home government, his word is as good as, as the leader back at home. Um, that can get ambassadors into trouble sometimes when they say the wrong things. But you see there, he's saying our position as ambassadors is such that when, when we go out and we share the gospel with people, it's as if God himself is begging, beseeching by us, uh, it says, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. The, the believer who goes out and shares the gospel is speaking for Christ and speaking for God in representing what, what uh, this gospel is, this reconciliation here in this passage, that God has made Christ to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now, when you consider that, uh, there's, a, there's a couple of things to consider. First of all, this is a, it's certainly a privilege to, to be able to, to uh, declare that message, but realize it's also a duty. If we've been commissioned as ambassadors, we, we have a duty to carry out that work. And not only that, uh, if if we are those ambassadors, we need to be careful in our, in our speech, in our dealings with people, and in every area of our life that we would accurately and clearly represent those, those policies of our King and our Lord. See? And, and uh, you know, so much of what is preached today in the name of evangelism is not the gospel. It's a, it's a watered-down gospel. It's a, it's a thing usually where works have been added in. You know, ask Jesus into your heart, walk this aisle, uh, those kinds of things where works have been added in. And you see, it tells you there what the message is that we're to represent to the world. And, and you see, it's that uh, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. You see, it's that God has made Christ to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And that's our, that's our duty and our privilege uh, to be able to, to tell a lost world about that reconciliation that is in Christ and, and something we need to be mindful of. And, you know, when you, when you compare those things, I mean, certainly, certainly was, was that Great Commission, was the Great Commission a commission for them to go out and, and, and share some good news with the world? Certainly it was, 
right? I mean, they had, a, they had a good news that they were commissioned to take out to the world. But when you start looking at the details, you see so many of those details of, of that commission that you see in, in Acts 1.8, and you see it in Matthew 28, and you see it in Mark 16 and Luke 24. The details don't work out. That's not our commission. You, you can't follow that commission consistently today because it includes things that God isn't doing today. But rather, you see what our, what our commission is there in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and it's that ministry of reconciliation. And let's close there with prayer. Lord God, we, we thank you for the reconciliation that's in Christ. We thank you for the privilege of making that known and pray that we would be faithful in that task. We pray that you would uh, strengthen us in that regard, and we know that the, the excellency of the power is not of us. It's all of you. And uh, we thank you for the, the way you're able to use us, as imperfect as we are, for your glory. And, and we pray truly that, that uh, these, these earthen vessels into which you've committed such great treasure uh, would bring you glory. And uh, we, we thank you that, that uh, you work in us to bring that about. We thank you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Hi, I'm Richard Church, the teacher here on Verse by Verse. I'm glad you've listened to our podcast today, and I would like to let you know that if you have any questions about anything you've heard here, you can contact me by email at richard at richardchurch.com or by telephone 608-339-9522. I also encourage you to check out our church website at www.friendshipbiblechurch.com. Thank you for joining us today, and our prayer is that this program would be a blessing to you in helping you to grow in your understanding of God's grace.